0: Hey guys, Travis Greeny here with Epic Man Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Imagine living your dream life full of passion, fun and adventure to be able to fly helicopters to climb the world's seven summits or to dive with great white sharks life is short it's time to step up and to move past your fears and to create an incredible life of fun and adventure we're going to talk about this and a whole lot more in today's episode of epic men radio
1: rattling the cage and reigniting the fire, fire. you're listening to epic men radio
0: All right, guys. Hey, welcome to Epic Men Radio. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you with us. And today's guest expert is Tom Fabry. Let me tell you a little bit about Tom's background. Tom understands firsthand the heights that we can attain once we give ourselves permission to dare to dream. Whether it's becoming a helicopter pilot, the captain of a major airline, climbing the world's Seven Summits, or diving with great sharks, Tom has learned to harness fear and to harness his dreams. Now he uses his unique insight to inspire and motivate others through his books, through his blogs, his personal coaching, and his training. He's an author and an international speaker and constantly challenges himself and his body while acquiring valuable lessons of inner strength, passion, and motivation. Tom, welcome, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you with us.
2: Thanks, Travis. It's... uh... It's it's always an honor, uh, you know, having people reach out to me and they want to know my story. When, as I told you earlier, I was afraid to tell my story, right? But um, I'm just living my dream life, and I want to share that. So awesome, uh, here we are.
0: I'm ready to share. Awesome, bro. And in fact, that's what was so attractive is, you know, I was looking over your site and started to get to know you and learn a little bit more about you. I'm like, man, this guy is like the king of adventure. It's like, you know, there's nothing that you haven't done. I mean, you're know, climbing the seven peaks and swimming with sharks and I mean, on and on and on. So what a life. And I think that's one of the very attractive things for our guys within Epic Men. And, and part of our pillars of strength is the whole fun adventure piece. And you have certainly mastered the fun adventure. Piece within your life and, and within your business, but I understand also that it wasn't always this way, right? I mean, you've had some challenging times as well. So, so let's start with that. I think that could be sort of inspiring for our guys and you know, maybe guys that have had challenges and things going on. Tell us a little bit about that in terms of some of the background and some of the challenges that you've had to overcome to get to this place where you are today.
2: Well, well, the challenging, challenging thing is um, really believing in yourself, but also having mentors in your life to help you on your journey. And when I was a young man, in my early to late teens, that area there, um, I didn't have any mentors. And so, well, actually, my mentors were the gang members that I was hanging out with. So that kind of started the road going down the wrong road. It wasn't my road, but you know, we all crave significance, correct? And if you're getting it from the wrong people and you think it's the right thing, well, that was me. And so we were fighting, drinking drugs, carousing in and out of jail. Um, I went into the service, went into the Navy because my father was like, well, you need to go to college, you need to get out of the house, you need to get a job, and those things really didn't, I I went to college for two weeks and dropped out, and because it just, I'm like, why am I here? So I joined the service, and the service back in the late 70s, the Navy, although it was adventurous, I mean, I was in and out of trouble more in the Navy. I spent more time in the brig than I think I did in just out there in the regular Navy. And then once they asked me to leave, and they did, they asked, Tom, we think it's time for you to leave the Navy. You don't belong here. And I did. And then I was in even more trouble. My father, after the third or fourth time coming to bail me out of jail, he's like, when is this all going to stop? And I said, I don't know. I don't know and I and I ended up going bankrupt living in my car um, it was just if you can imagine living a, a bad life <laughs> that was it you, you
0: were the poster child for bad boy weren't you
2: well, a lot of you know a lot of fighting a lot of drinking and because I was angry inside I was angry because I I still had dreams that I wanted to pursue, but I didn't know how. You know, if if you don't know, you you don't know what you don't know, correct? And it wasn't until I was 28 years old and I was working at an airport and I was a a cleaner, you know, uh, cleaning jets and washing them and fueling them. And I got the courage to ask the director of flight operations for this big operation, Uh, what do I have to do to learn how to fly that Sikorsky helicopter? Because I was like, I saw these guys flying it, and they were living the life and, you know, flying cool equipment and jets. And he's like, well, how old are you, Tom? And I said, well, I'm 28 years old. And he's like, well, you're probably too old to learn how to fly now. Where'd you go to college? And I said, I didn't. (laughs) He told me to forget about it. And... Uh, I couldn't believe that, but within a couple of weeks, that company had hired a guy the same age as me, and we became friends, and I told him my little story about the director of flight operations, and he was like, F that guy, you know? This is what I did, and you can do it too. And so that, him telling me that I could do this kind of gave me permission to sort of pursue that life. And so, yes, my life started out, actually, when I was a little boy, I was, it was like, leave leave it to Beaver, you know? But then things just went haywire for me. And I was very lucky, I, you know, in the questionnaire that you sent to me, I mean, aviation actually saved my life because it gave me a goal and we all need goals.
0: Absolutely. And a mentor, like you said, I mean, a mentor that you also can believe in and somebody that believed in you and to begin to turn things around because man, a rough, dark time. And to be able to crawl out of that is an amazing story. You know, it's not something that that everybody could do. You know, I know a lot of guys that have been in a situation like yours that weren't able to turn around and weren't able to be able to move forward like you did. So what do you think were those defining moments from living in your car and in and out of jail and, Gosh, I mean, all these crazy things. I'm clearly having the mentor and then getting excited about aviation. What was that spark that really connected for you?
2: Well, it was actually this gentleman that told me that I couldn't do it, that I was too old and didn't have a college uh, degree. That actually put a chip on my shoulder. And I was like, well, F you, you know, excuse me there, but I'll show you and then – somebody else came into my life and said, well, yes, you can do it, and I will help you and show you how to do it. So for me, I I mean, I'll never forget that moment. That was a defining moment. But once I started taking the steps, I couldn't afford flying lessons, so I had to work free jobs. I was working at a deli. I was working at the airport, and I was bellhopping. And so to pay for – to learn how to fly a helicopter. But once I started taking the steps – Doors started opening. Mentors started coming into my life and helping me. And it took me three and a half years to get all my ratings and become a flight instructor. And then I was on my way. And, and, and I started learning, you know, just taking those steps, failing, trying, failing, trying, moving forward always. And I, and I learned so many lessons. I learned that failure is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, I went on to become a captain at a major airline and flying corporate helicopters. And, and when I realized all that, I'm like, I can really do anything I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to change my life. And I went back to my childhood as a little boy. And I'm like. What would I really like to do? I mean, you know, living the life as an airline captain and flying helicopters, that's a pretty cool lifestyle. Very. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, trust me, I had, a, I had a great time and I learned a lot, but I knew there was a lot more inside of me that I needed to do and I needed to share and share with others. So I went back to my childhood. And I'm like, what did you really dream about when you were a kid? Being this adventurer. Mm -hmm. Doing all these things. And so now I'm doing all these things that I dream about, I do. And so here we are. I'm having a great conversation with you about it.
0: Exactly, man. I love it. I just absolutely love it. What a, you know, not to say rag, well, I guess it was rags to riches in a lot of respects. And not only just financial riches, but just the enjoyment of life. You know, being able to have that freedom and to be able to call your own shots and to be able to go, you know, climb mountaintops and swim with sharks and just crazy cool stuff that so many of us just aspire to. But I think there's so many guys out there that are maybe stuck in some of the mindset and some of the patterns that you had in the past of saying, I could never do that. You know, that's just for other guys. That's, you know, that's for guys like Tom, who's like this big star and he's got the hooks and he's the celebrity and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is man, you've been there, you know, you've been on the dark side and then you've been able to come through that side and serve others. Question I've got, because I know you do a lot of coaching and you serve clients and you support clients. What types of clients are you typically working with and what are their primary challenges? And then how
2: do you help them out of that?
0: You know, what specific things are you doing to move them forward as well?
2: Uh, Typically CEOs and people that own their own business, smaller or whatever. And they typically come to me for physical fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a competitive bodybuilder and, and I did that naturally, and, and I'm going to compete again this year. But my coaching has developed beyond the physical. So when I grab a client, you know, I ask them, Well, what do you want? What are you looking for? But I give them so much more because when they start losing the weight, and feeling better about themselves that builds their st- self-esteem correct and so I teach them how to get up on stage and speak and stands you know stand strong perfect posture perfect form shoulders back chest out head up be proud of yourself you're good-looking whether whether it's a you know I've coached women and men and you're beautiful you're handsome you need to project this air of confidence not arrogance, okay, mm-hmm. and so, and and that started. And, and I always start with the physical, because typically uh, people come to me looking to get into better shape. But I've developed in, into you know because I knew that there was there's so much more than just the physical, okay. There's mm-hmm. the mental, emotional, spiritual side of things that kind of that really shape a person. And so that's what I only take on. A few clients, okay, because I'm doing so many other things, but that allows me to give that person the proper attention. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I like. And it's really, you know, mostly just one-on-one, but then I take it to another level and, you know, uh, do the speaking. And that's where I can reach larger audiences. And, and I'm looking to do up my game. That's, that's really why I'm climbing the seven summits and doing this adventure Grand Slam. Right? Right, Skiing to the North Pole and South Pole because I want to up my game and give back. It's personal development, stretching myself and scaring the heck out of myself doing these climbs. But the flip side is I get to reach all these people and I get to help them with their challenges. Everybody has mountains to climb. You don't have to physically go to Aconcagua in Argentina or, or Everest or McKinley or, or wherever. You don't have to do that. But building a business, raising a family, having a loved one, you know, caring for your children, those are all the real challenges that people face every day and they don't know how to do it because they're afraid.
0: Right, I think you nailed it right there. They're afraid we're all so afraid. There's so much fear going on these days with, of course, the economy and just the changes and the shifts and the speed of things and technology. And it's just, it's just overwhelming in a lot of respects. So, you know, guys like you that, again, have been the bad boy had been the dark side, have been able to come through that and learn from that. And now getting your fulfillment about helping others to do that as well. And that's really is the juice, right? I mean, is, is that what fires you up the most?
2: Absolutely. I mean, just talking about that, um, gives me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, I, have learned to be very transparent and wear my heart on my sleeve. And I've done talks where I've just, you know, you, you, you break down, uh, because you're so emotional. I've, I've mentored, uh, a lot of my son's friends in football and, one of my son's friends, a great running back, didn't really have a father, and I was always coaching this this young man in the gym. And one day, he, after we did a coaching session in the gym, and I went off and did my thing, and Zach went and hit, did his thing, but he connected with my son, and he sent my son a text, and he said, it's official. I wish your dad was my dad.
0: Oh, oh, right. I mean, how's that for a positive feedback? <laughs>
2: yeah, I, get, I get all emotional talking about that. But that's that's the connection because I wish I had that when I was growing up, and I didn't. And that's the takeaway for me as a young man going through those times is that I know what it's like, and I can relate, and we can have a conversation. And it's okay. You know, you'll be okay. But you need to really be open and honest. And one of the values that I strongly, I, I talk about it, the value that governs all other values is integrity. And we need to live our lives with integrity. And and most people, we're, we're afraid. People are afraid to speak the truth, do their own thing. We've, you know, we're, we're afraid.
0: Right. It's,
2: we don't have to be.
0: Right. I think there are so many people feel like they've got to pretend, you know, like you and I were talking about earlier. It's the, remember the call sign of the eighties was fake it till you make it. <laughs> and now we look at that. It's like, Oh God, that's just so old school. In fact, I think what's really attractive for guys, you know, like us now is the exact opposite. Right. I mean being transparent and being authentic and telling the truth. And like you said, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, everything that you've truly been through and And I think that's what makes it so attractive for you and what makes it so inspiring and why you're inspiring so many of the guys is because, man, you're not just talking about all your successes, you also share your failures and that makes you more approachable it makes you more attractive, it makes you more real, it makes you more authentic. So what advice would you give to people? And I, I know you probably do this with you know, speakers and people really wanting to expand their brands and their platforms and get themselves out there. What advice would you give to people that are still sort of hiding and they're still you know, that fake it till you make it type of attitude and they're pretending? How would you advise them to, to get clear about why it's so important to move past that and to, you know, to begin to really share their story as you do?
2: Well, you, have to, you really have to do it incrementally in small steps and start sharing some things. I mean, it took me years to get to this point. And the way I did it was through my adventures, pushing myself physically, which then I learned it really wasn't the physical, it was the mental so these these big adventures that I go on, although I would get in great physical shape, I would do all the training, but what got me to the top was the mental game, right? I mean, if I didn't believe that I could do it, then I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't care how strong you are physically. If it's not up in your head that that you have that belief that you're going to do whatever it is you want to do, you won't do it. And so it took me... Small incremental steps. Let's say with public speaking. You know, I used to be afraid to get up in front of anybody, and let alone to share my stories with with another person. But sharing smaller versions of what I had been through. Yeah, I'd done that, and yeah, I'd done that. And then I remember giving my first talk and sharing. Having gone through these troubles, I, I had joined Toastmasters. And, mm-hmm. and I, knew, I just knew that I wanted to be a speaker. I, just, I kind of envisioned it. That's where I should be. And I envisioned myself in front of people and sharing my story and motivating people to go on and live their dream life. And these first times at Toastmasters, that's what I would talk about, was my story because it was the truth. But I didn't do it all at once. It was just a little piece of me here, a little piece of me there. And I started getting people asking me, oh, you really did that? And here you are, you're doing this. And, and it was okay. You know what I mean? It was like, right. oh, right. it's okay. Because they were going through stuff. And we all go through stuff. And that's what I started realizing is everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody is going through stuff. They just don't want to share it. They're kind of hiding it. I mean, you, you don't have to advertise it on Facebook or whatever that, hey, I was bankrupt, you know, and I'm living in my car or it's right. your deal, that's yeah. your deal. But uh, my story is unique to me, but, and other people I think have worse stories than, than I do. But it was important to me because if I wanted to take my life to a, another level and start writing books and speaking, and coaching and helping others along with helping myself and helping my son and family I need to be transparent mm. and and so like I said start small mm-hmm. you know don't climb Everest in a day mm-hmm. right or McKinley or whatever you know um, we start small mm-hmm. Just one, start
0: one step at a time and, and to start to develop momentum Right. I think there's so many people that are that are stuck and immobilized because they're just, you know, they're they're locked. They haven't really begun to develop any sense of momentum. And as we both know, the power of momentum, taking that first step, whether you're climbing a mountain or you're swimming, whatever it is, is just movement, any type of movement. And then, of course, the confidence and the power and that sense of control that you began to create through that. And then that begins to grow and to begin to build from there. But I think, you know, as you're saying, you know, by being authentic, by sharing your story and by being real, and as you started doing it, one, you, know, you get in front of maybe five people on stage and then you get in front of 10 people and then all of a sudden you're in front of 5,000 people and you're like, wow, how did I get here? But it's that power and that momentum that you create for yourself by being real and being raw and telling the truth, right?
2: Absolutely, and, and, but it goes back to what we were talking about. It comes from fear that is holding us back from living our dream life. And <clears throat> I mean, I never would have really imagined when I started on this journey years ago that I would be here and sitting with you and we're talking about my life, what I'm doing, and I, I think about my life. The great thing is that I'm still doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like right in the middle of it. I'm right in the middle of the storm. And it's great. It's great. And it's interesting because when I go somewhere and people are like, oh, you're living the dream. You're, yeah, I wish I was you. And I'm like, well, you really don't know what it's like to be me. But in a way, that's, that's flattering. But um, I, because I have my own struggles. Right. Yeah. right. Every day when I get up in the morning, I, it's a must for me to have my quiet time, mm-hmm. my, if you want to call it hour of power or whatever it is for me, but I need to pray, meditate, visualize, read good stuff and get myself, you know, there's no TV. We, we don't watch TV around here. You know, we don't turn on the news or, or right. anything. We, we don't. I just, right. um, I don't have time for that. You know, right. we all running out of time. And we need to set up ourselves for success, mm-hmm. right? You have to define success, whatever it is for you, because it's different things for different people. And I have my own definition of it. But we need to set ourselves up for success. And I have some tools that I give people, you know, journaling and, and, and that early morning, get yourself ready for the day, you know, so you're proactive, you're not reactive. So there's, there's all these steps. You know, that's a great way to get out of depression. Mm -hmm. Just start moving. Just start moving. Take that one step. That gets you out of depression.
0: Yep. Momentum. Again, that first step of movement. And I love it. You know, having your morning routine. And it's interesting you say that because I tell you, just about every, in fact, every guy that's just killing it that's doing well that's that's contributing and growing and making a difference not only for themselves and for their own families but for others as well as they have a very specific routine and a very specific ritual if you will, in the morning that they follow so that they can be, again, they could be proactive as opposed to reactive, you know, getting centered and getting clear about what you want and what you see for the day, you know, being able to, to move forward and to create that. So interesting. So you say for you, it's prayer, it's meditation. Um, you know, do you do a specific workout in the morning, you know, something or a smoothie, you know, what other kind of things do you do that you might recommend for other guys? Uh,
2: visualization. Mm-hmm. I visualize, you know, I have a vision board. And so I've created it for this year. I have pictures of me on the top of Vincent Massive and down in the South Pole. And I am fishing myself on the summit. And that's so important. And we, we have other, other things, you know, New York Times bestseller, Tom Fabry, Ageless You Adventure. I'm coming out with a new new book this year. We, you know, we, I have a whole series of books. I have two now. But that's one thing. Um, We we have our morning coffee, Um, you know, we're all into health and wellness here and part of that health and wellness is nutrition and we get, you know, we go to the beekeeper to get raw honey, we go get real eggs, we get raw milk, Um, I'm a trained chef out of Manhattan, and I, I did that so I could learn more about nutrition and food. But we feed ourselves mentally. So I've created this, and it took time too, because I read all the, you know, the books Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and, and Brian Tracy and you know all those folks. And what I did was I took some from that book and took some from this book and that, and then developed, you know, Tom what works for Tom Fabric. just like I've trained with some of the best bodybuilders in the world Frank Zane who used to train with Arnold Schwarzenegger and so I've taken bits and pieces from all these people that are really my mentors and I've created rituals for myself and that's how I move forward with my success because what works for you probably won't work for me Because we're all different. So you just have to kind of mold it and model it. And so my ritual is I get up in the morning. I have my quiet time where I can just take in nature. And, you know, I may, during the summertime, I'm outside and just taking in nature. um, I visualize, I meditate, I pray, and I read good stuff, and I review my day. And then I move into my day. For me, my physical side, my best time of the day is around one or two o'clock. That's when I'm my strongest. Mm-hmm. Um, we only take in, like I said, really good foods. We juice, we, we do all these things to take care of the physical body. And you know, we don't I've gotten away from eating like breakfast, lunch, dinner, or even, you know, six small meals a day, or you know, now I teach people to Eat when you're hungry, okay? Feed your body, not your face. <laughs> <So as> I...
0: <laughs> I love it. Feed your body, not your face. Now that, now uh, talk about a takeaway.
2: <laughs> but it's true though. It, re- it, it hurts me so much to see people fat, sick, just all these, what's going on on the outside is going on on the inside Mm. and we can be so much better, but we're addicted to food and and all these things and food is readily available. And it just, it hurts me. I just, I I see the the anguish and I can tell how a person is physically well just by looking at them, you know? Mm. And like I said, what's on the outside is really going on on the inside. Like going back to my my rituals, you know, I, I say my mantras, mm-hmm. you know, every day in every way. I'm getting better and better, mm-hmm. stronger and stronger, healthier and healthier, younger and younger. And I don't, I, I really don't, you know, I've written two books on being ageless and I don't really believe in aging. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, you know, I'm, I, you know, um, I'll be 58 shortly here and I'm in probably the best shape of my life and I'm gonna go on and climb a huge mountain and doing all these other things and I don't I don't think about that thing I just think that I'm getting better and better all the time in every way right
0: and so and clearly, clearly you are right I' mean with that attitude and with that mindset and with the habits that you developed for yourself that morning ritual and that morning routine stepping outside being adventurous pushing yourself pushing, yourself, pushing your body pushing your mind. Not only for yourself, but then again, the people that you inspire, your clients, guys here in the Epic Man tribe. I mean, God, you know, there's gonna be tens of thousands of guys listening to this and connecting with this and inspired by this to get off the couch, man. Get your ass off the couch and go do something. Start to dream and start to put the actions into step, one step at a time. Again, not climbing the mountain all at once, but just starting to train, whether it's you know, walking around the block. And then walking a little further and then a further. And then all of a sudden you gonna be running marathons. I and mean, it's just amazing as you create that momentum, how that could begin to grow and to build, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. I had a client a little while ago, Tim Healy. He's a radio show host. He's a sales coach. And he came to me. We had a mutual friend and he was like, Hey, I, I think I want to hire Tom Fabry. And so we got together and I have a certain way of training people i've developed my own i call it move to live Mm -hmm. and um he trained with me for 12 weeks two six week sessions and he got off of prilosec and he lost 35 pounds but what it did was it built his self-esteem and he's a radio show host And it built his self esteem and it increased his business Mm. because it helped him mentally, physically, emotionally. And he took that and brought it to his clients. Mm -hmm. And he said, he told me it increased his business by about 30%. And then. So now he asked me, now I'm a regular on his radio show, and I have my own segment. <laughs> so. yeah, right. He's like,
0: I love you, man. Look what you've been able to do for me. I'm mean, going to turn things around. And like you said, not only for him, but everyone that he serves. You know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are listening in and the difference that you made in his life, of course, is making in those people. So it's that, it's that progression, that geometric progression that's possible by making a difference first in our own lives and then in other lives. And then, gosh, I mean, it's, it, we just have no idea how many people we can touch and the difference we can make by first taking control of our own situation.
2: Right? And we don't realize that. See, we don't – I think we're – I think on one hand it's good to be selfish, to take care of ourselves. But then on the other hand, I learned this from from Bill Phillips. I'm sure you've heard the name Bill Phillips. I have a story about Sean. Uh, But um, Bill Phillips said one of the best exercises you can ever do is reach down and help somebody, lift somebody else up. Mm. And when he said that, I really didn't get it at the time until I started doing it. And I mean, now on my card, I say to improve the lives of as many people as possible. And that's really, I'm living my life according to me, but I know by me living my real authentic dream life, it's going to help others. You know, I mean, we, we have to, as long as it's moral and good, you know, we, I don't want to be a drug dealer and live my dream life, right? But my, as, as a good moral person filled with integrity respect love forgiveness those types of qualities that I will be out there doing what I love to do and if I'm full of purpose and passion it's going to help you or you know whoever is is around me and I realized that and it took me a while and that's why I was like I need to write a book right you know, I need to write a book, and then we wrote another book, and now we're, we, we have a third one. We're going to be publishing here, and there's going to be more. And so it's kind of like when you step into your purpose and you're passionate about it, the doors start opening and things start, people are handing you things like, hey, can you come and talk to this group? Or, hey, can you talk to my son? Can you mentor my son? Or, you know, those types of things where you're actually giving back. We
0: are inspired. The entire Epic Man tribe thanks you so much for, for being with us and for your time and attention. Where can people go if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn about your coaching and your adventures? I know you've got a blog, you've got some videos, you got some great stuff going on. So how do people connect
2: with you and find more about you? Um, my website, Tomfabry.com or my books are on Amazon. So... I'm I'm open and ready. Awesome.
0: Brother, thank you so much for your time and for your attention, for being with us.
1: Thanks for listening to Epic Epic Men Men Radio. Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at EpicMen.com. Thanks for listening to Epic, Epic Men, men Radio. Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe. So no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com